This is Review and Preview on the Wave, the sound of LIU. Good evening and welcome to Review and Preview, folks, here on liuwave.org. I am your host, Tom Scavetta, joined alongside Mike Dawes, Kyle Earhart, James Montefusco, Kyle Russo. The calendar flips to March. It is March 1st, 2019. This is our 45th podcast of Review and Preview. Uh, Mike, first off, welcome back. It's good to be back. It is good to be back, and I know you are looking forward to this Quinnipiac basketball game tonight, which we'll talk some college hoops in uh, just a few moments. But first, um, a reminder that you can call in with your questions, thoughts, comments, 516-299-2030. If you want to know how it goes, you can listen to our podcast. And we are also broadcasting now 8 to 10 p.m. This is our second 8 to 10 p.m. show. We're excited with this time change, a more primetime edition of Review and Preview. We're also on Twitter and Instagram. Give us a follow. Give us a shout-out. Give the wave a shout-out as well. Um, the Sound of LIU, they are also on Instagram. They help promote our show along with all the other sports shows. All right, so breaking news. You know, if you thought Manny Machado's contract was big with the Padres, well, you missed out if you don't know what happened yesterday. Bryce Harper signs a 13-year, $330 million deal with the Philadelphia Phillies. No opt-outs, a full trade clause. Kyle Earhart, as a Mets fan, how demoralizing is this to you, knowing that Harper, this contract runs until he's 38 years old, and he's uh, currently 25? I, I don't think it's that demoralizing, Tom, because Bryce Harper's been in division already this year, or the last few years with the Nationals. Yeah, he might go to a better Phillies team than the Nationals, but if you look at, like, Harper's stats, he had one good year, and that was the year he won MVP. If you look at last year, stats weren't good. And I, I, to be honest, I think this is a horrible contract, one of the top five worst contracts I've ever seen in sports history. I would happen to agree with you. I kind of just asked you the question to see on what you thought. I think this is not a good move by the Phillies, giving him all these years and all this money. Yes, in the short term it may be good, but you got to remember, this guy barely hit over 200 last year. He barely hit over 200. And, and Tom, and he's 82nd in war. So yeah. that's, that's <laughs> for, not good. That's not good at all. Mike, what's your um, two cents um, on this trade? I didn't think it was a bad contract because signing. it was about 25 annual, and he will be very tradable in the future. Once they, you know, like seven years of him playing with the Phillies, he will be tradable at 25 a year. So I don't hate the deal. It's it was pretty wild to see thirteen years and no opt outs. I was surprised about that. Right, yeah, um, that is a pretty wild move for sure by the <laughs> yeah. Phillies uh, taking a risk. Kyle Russo, um, last year J.D. Martinez signed very late around this time with the Boston Red Sox. Is this something the Phillies could use to their advantage? And did they kind of? retaliate on what the Red Sox did last year, and do you see this helping them out in the National League? Oh, absolutely. I think they just solidified themselves a number one seed. They're going to win the division, without a doubt now. At least they should, granted any injury. And they have a real chance to compete for the pennant. I mean, you look at the 
you look at the NL, and you have, obviously, a team like the Dodgers, but they always seem to come up short. You have other teams like Milwaukee. You're always going to have Chicago there. The Braves are coming up. But Philly really looks like a solid team. And everybody says, oh, they don't have a solid pitching core. But, you know, you have two great pitchers still left on the market. One's a reliever, Craig Kimbrell. And you could still sign Dallas Keuchel, who they say they're not interested in. But for the right price, everybody would be interested in Dallas Keuchel. Considering only two or three years ago, he had a Cy Young season. So I think the Phillies have just put themselves in a fantastic position. Dawes said it, very tradable contract. Obviously, kind of alarming that there was no opt-outs, but very good contract, very good signing for the Phillies. See, I view this as a fantastic position right now. James, this puts a lot of pressure, not just on the Phillies, but on this individual and Bryce Harper as well. Now, you know, he's... I, I think a lot of people in baseball just don't like this guy, but he is a fantastic talent, a fantastic talent. What do you think is the biggest strength that he brings to this Phillies lineup? He the big, the biggest strength is he he's a guy that you you never really want to pitch to. I feel like he could take you out of out of the ballpark. He can you know take you anywhere within the ballpark in itself. Um, you see his swing. It's a, you know like to to somebody that's always watched baseball to see his swing just like his whole body shifting like three or four different directions of what you know I see it as he can he can take you almost anywhere. Um, he he's a he's definitely going to help that um, lineup in yes. many ways. He's going to strengthen it I uh, extremely well um, to where it's going to benefit the Phillies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know where he can't take you? It's the second round of the playoffs. Yes. Valid point. That's true. Valid but, now, point. but now he's got players around him that are better. Would you not agree? Gene Segura, you have David Robertson in the bullpen, Andrew McCutcheon. You well, have JT Relamuto, who's arguably one of the best what, offensive catchers in all of baseball. What, what gets you far in baseball? Dominant starting pitching. Dominant starting pitching, which is something the Phillies do not have. They have one of the worst starting rotations in the National League. But that will definitely be, the worst in the division too. If you look at like who has the best starting from an unbiased perspective, who has the also, best starting pitching? GT Remuto is on the Braves, not the Phillies. So just looked it up. No, the first headline that came up when I typed in JT Remuto trade is him to the Braves. No, it's the Phillies. Those well, then I'm almost the internet is lying to me that he's on the Phillies. I think the Braves were thinking of signing him. but well, uh, Why would that be the first headline? Rail Muto actually hit his first home run yeah, he's with the Phillies, Phillies today. Well, it's Google's fault. In a uh, preseason game against the Pittsburgh Pirates. And, and Tom, another thing about Bryce Harper, this guy's not a clutch hitter. If you look at his playoff stats, too, he's done nothing in the playoffs with the Nationals. I get it's with the Nationals, but he has done nothing. In the, in the playoffs with this team. He only has one 100 RBI season, and it was last season. It's alarming. Yeah. For a guy who has been relatively healthy, to only have one year where you hit 100 RBIs, that's that's not great. I would happen to agree with you guys, the majority of you here. This guy started in 2012 when he was 19 years old. And in 2015, the year that he just went off, had the 42 home runs, 99 ribbies, that was the year that the Mets went to the World Series. Just saying. 
So Harper can do all he wants. Other teams in that division could still come out. You got to worry about Atlanta. You got to worry about the Mets. I mean, you 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 can't count Washington out. Yeah. No, Washington is definitely up there, but I think just saying. I think the Phillies have solidified themselves as the favorites in the division. Not going to win, but I think they are the favorites over the Braves. On paper. Right. On paper. Like the L.A. Lakers were supposed to be this good on paper when they signed LeBron, and now they're the 10th or 11th best team in the West. So just some just some food for thought. This is all good uh, epidemic. Now let, let's uh, transition. Speaking of uh, signings. Big news surrounding football this week with the NFL. Jason Witten announces that he will no longer be in the Monday Night Football broadcasting booth. Uh, thank goodness. Uh, he will be unretiring. He is coming out of retirement and re-signs with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, you know, this is not a surprise. I think he retired a little too early in his career where he still clearly had game left in him. And then now, I feel like his reputation is a little bit. Eh. I mean, he still has a fantastic reputation. No, he's but, phenomenal. But he shouldn't have retired. No, I think the reason he retired, Tom, is not because he did it prematurely because he had game left in him. It's just that if you think about it, before this upcoming season for Dallas, where were they going? You know, you saw Jalen Smith rise. You saw Leighton Van Der Esch in that defense rise. You traded for Amari Cooper midway through the season. Now they actually have some solid players. But going into that season, before these moves were made and showing it on the field, Dallas was looking like one of the worst, the worst team in the NFC East. On, on paper. On paper. And they wanted to make these moves, and now he sees, because now they really do have a well, true opportunity to compete just with saying, him back on the field. Just saying, Witten is going to have some competition. Blake Jarwin has had a, had a good season last season. And, you know, they may use a rotation because at the same time, you know, the biggest weapons on that team, Zeke, Mari Cooper, and now you bring Witten back, and that's huge with an emerging Dak Prescott. So, you know, this is something to consider. But Blake Jarvin had a really good season as well, uh, Dalton Schultz. So they have a good core group of tight ends now as well as where Witten might not be the clear-cut number one tight end at this stage in his career. I mean, they're, they're looking to do what the Patriots did when they have Gronkowski and Hernandez, right? Have that dual threat of two two tight ends, yeah. which worked really well for the Patriots. So Thanks, th- th- this could be this could be really good for the Cowboys, actually. Yeah. Like, re- like yeah. scary good. Yeah. I get your point. I just think Witten at 35-36 is much different from Gronk and Hernandez when they were 22-23. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, of course. Of course, Tom. Yeah, I definitely have a point. But, like, the fact they have this dual threat. I mean, other teams in the East, uh, in the NFC East, like the Giants, who don't really have a secondary, really, or to, to cover the tight end, like Landon Collins can't cover. But yeah, when I saw I, this news, it's scary, dude. When I saw this news, I was happy at the same time because Jason Witten is one of my favorite players. He's just a humble guy. But I thought to myself, I'm like, great. He was finally out of the division. Now the Giants, who can't cover a tight end at all, already have to go against Jordan Reed and Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. Now you put another tight end back in the NFC East. Mike, you got something to say? Um, well, I don't think he'll be uh, playing that much. I mean, I'm sure he'll be in on the third in, like, short distances. Oh, he'll be playing. On a $4 million contract, he'll be playing. I don't know if he'll be the every-down tight end. That's I so agree crazy. with Mike. I don't, I don't know if he's going to be the every-down tight end anymore or not. Like, he'll be red zone snaps all day, for sure. Yeah. But, uh, um, like, first and ten, no need to have him in the game. And, look, 
this is a different division now as well because if you look at the defenses stacked up in this division, um, you know, Washington and Dallas have good defenses, I think. The Giants have an okay defense because you have Ogletree and, you know, Vernon is up in the air because Vernon has just been placed on the trade block. And then Landon Collins, who 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 knows at this point? Who Actually, if you really dig into statistics last year, at his position, Collins was top 12 in coverage safeties. So he's improved that aspect of his game. Um, you know, and he is he's kind of built like a linebacker. So Witten at 35 against Collins, I, I, I wouldn't bet against Collins at, at this point because he has improved tremendously. Uh, other news, Robert Kraft pleads not guilty. Uh, this is kind of hysterical if you ask me, because New England finds a way to get away unharmed with everything. Um, you, know, you talk about the deflate gate, the stealing camera signals from the Jets' defense back in 2006, 2007, um, but the prostitutes in charges. <sighs> this will not go away. It will not go away. Well, listen, what is he supposed to do? Yeah, I'm guilty. Put me in cuffs, because that's what any scenario is in this circumstance human I trafficking just, more than soliciting guy, prostitution i don't it'll understand. be it'll be covered throughout the nfl uh uh training you'll see it during the summer it, it, it's not something that's going to go away and then if it does go away then that's a real issue because then it just shows how buddy buddy goodell and robert Kraft are well to be fair i mean look what they did to jerry richardson down on. in carolina but just just talking about Kraft, you know, his his wife unfortunately passed away in 2011. Now, he's had a partner since 2012. This guy's 77 years old. Mm-hmm. This guy's not a kid. You know, he's not like a 50, 60-year-old GM. This guy's 77 years old. He's pushing 80 here. So, I don't understand why this was reported to have happened. It just didn't seem right. Former New England players just it didn't sit well with them. It made them uncomfortable. They kind of find it hard to believe. But, I mean, regardless of what happens, you can't take away what Robert Kraft has done for the New England organization. Uh, you know, over the past 20 years, this is the best franchise in sports. Does it hurt his legacy, though? I think that's a question. It's that not going to hurt his legacy that much. No. It, it, it's, it's, it's not because you, you see, you know, a certain instance like Kareem Hunt that just happened. You know, this, this this guy can have a good season with the Browns, and everybody somewhat forgets, and that's a shame. No, but, that will that will not be forgotten. Right, that but will not. if if but, Kareem Hunt is a big part of the reason why the Browns make the playoffs and yeah. win the Super Bowl, yeah. you'll still remember it. Like, of course, yeah. you'll uh, listen. I mean, we've subconscious about will have recognition of that certain event in the past, but. We've talked about it multiple times. Circumstances of this magnitude don't deserve a second chance. I think we could all agree with that. Maybe some disagree. We do all agree. But for the most part, I think we all agree on the fact that stuff that's happened with Ruben Foster, you see Ray Rice, Kareem Hunt, it doesn't deserve to be given a second chance. But because they got talent, they're still in the league. Yeah. um, That's unfortunate. Yep. But that is the reality of the situation and you know with the way the NFL is right now I mean Brady Belichick this New England team's not going anywhere they're 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 gonna be back next year and they're probably gonna win it too yeah uh 
Brady and Kraft actually hugged it out amid the prostitution case. You know, I mean, uh, reported by TMZ, but I mean, this whole thing is just hysterical. Didn't Brady pick him up from the airport? Yep, he yeah. did. Because it's hard to believe you, you, you're you with this guy basically, what is it, it's almost 20 years, uh, 20 years now, Brady and Kraft, and all this stuff coming out t- towards the end of your career, yeah, but just coming off a Super Bowl win. Tom Brady grew up Robert Kraft. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. It's kind of um, hard to believe. Listen, if I was a player for the Patriots, I'd probably be laughing at it too in the sense that, no way, this can't be real. Also, former Buckeye John Simon, I don't know if you know who that is, but he is... Defensive lineman? Yes. He, he, he is on the Patriots roster. He is supposedly um, supposed to be... They're, they're really hyping him up next year. I mean, you saw what he did in the playoffs in the Super Bowl. He was great. He's kind of a defensive lineman type, a hybrid player. And Belichick really likes him. He really likes him for next year. So just keep that in the back of your mind as well. And guys like Lawrence Guy and Dante Hightower. Um, but um, Eli Manning will be back starting for the New York Football Giants in 2019. This is well-deserved. I would rather not have anybody else. This is the face of the franchise for the past 15, 16 years. You can throw Haskins and Murray out the window. Daniel Jones, you can throw all those men out the window. Number 10 for Big Blue. Look, this is well. Should he take a, a pay cut? Yes. He is making a lot of money, but he will be starting, and it makes sense for him to be starting because you have other needs and priorities to fill right now. And this is an excellent move for the Giants organization. I think the Giants are screwed. I, I, I'll be honest. How? No, no, no. Tell me. How are the Giants screwed? How How are they screwed? Speak. How are they screwed, Tom? Thank you. So you're going to start Eli Manning this year, and let's say, oh, the Giants go 8-8, eight eight, don't make the playoffs. What, they get an 18th or 19th pick? Tom, how are you going to get a quarterback in the next couple of years? How are you going to show that, oh, oh, we started Eli Manning, but we went 8-8? Eight eight. The Giants could have went much better than it. The Giants could have went 10-6-11-5 this year if they addressed their needs up front. Or if they addressed the, the need at quarterback. Think or about it like if this. they addressed the need at defensive end, reported by Sean O'Hara on ESPN. Think about it like this. You're basically telling your fans if you don't take a quarterback this year, we are planning on Eli's going to suck again. That way we could pick two or That's Justin not what Herman. they're planning on doing. If you're logical and smart about it, it makes sense to start Eli Manning because you have bigger holes on this team. The last time you look at the Giants' Super Bowl runs, Michael Strahan, Jason Pierre-Paul, Justin Tuck, O.C. Umanura, Jesse Armstead, Lawrence Taylor, all pass rushers. The Giants have not had a good pass rusher since Jason Pierre-Paul. Vernon's been in and out of the lineup. You can't really count him in that category. But cat- Eli was also category. 30 years, 27 years old. You can't, you can't compare that now but, when he's basically so on, his last, good, he's so on his last leg. Ba- basically, you're blaming like the last two losses on the season and even more on Eli Manning where the defense couldn't stop. Dallas, Indianapolis. No, I'm not blaming. I'm blaming on the fact that listen, this is the new NFL where you got to score points. You can't score 17 points a game and win. You have to score at least 25. Okay, but that if, can't if, happen if, with Eli Manning as your quarterback. If, if this is the new NFL, look at Tom Brady, Drew Brees, and actual organizations that put pieces around their older quarterbacks and set them up for success. This is not something that the How Giants have done Drew Brees and for Tom Eli Manning. Eli Ma- Do you understand what lifetimes I'm saying? Do you ahead understand? Of Eli Manning. First of all, no, number one, they are not lifetimes ahead of Eli Manning. You are 3,000% wrong with that statement. And here's why. 
the organizations are smart. They have good management that set them up for success. The Giants screwed over Eli Manning yes. in, in, in his prime, and now at 38 years old, this is a guy that can still be successful and get you to the playoffs and get you a Super Bowl if you put the pieces around him. Look at the throws he made a lot of the times this season. Odell Beckham, Sterling Shepard, and Evan Ingram and Saquon Barkley are four excellent pieces to have. you got to support him. This whole offensive line was new this year, and it's really not to their fault. It's just the reality of the situation. And if you add pass rushers in there, the, the Giants have a shot with Eli Manning. If you draft a rookie quarterback, you're backtracking this franchise four or five years. No, no you're not. Yeah, you are. No, you're not. You're going to tell me no. Haskins is going to bring the Giants to the playoffs? Not this year, but probably the second year. Tom, I disagree. Tom, also. Not, you, not at all. You guys are wrong. Wait. We're not. Think about it like this. Yeah, you are. Eli Manning is, but you want to talk about holding you back? We're not losing games because we couldn't play defense. We're losing games because Eli couldn't put points on the board. Do you remember that Atlanta game where he tried to rush into the end zone two times? Hold on. No so, time when the, so when the Giants remember put the up. Remember the Washington game when, before when we went the, into the bye week? When the Giants put up 30 points against a new and improved Colts defense, you're going to blame that on him? Because he threw one bad pass at the end of the game? Come on. No, but that's week, what, 14 when nobody cares anymore? Right, and the first few weeks of the season, the Giants did not lose because of Eli Manning. They they, they, they didn't. Yes, they did. No, they didn't. That Atlanta Are game, that kidding? Washington game, they How didn't How many lose times because... was he sacked? It doesn't matter. He can't throw touchdowns. I'm not saying that Eli does not deserve to take some of the blame. He of literally made he a million dollars per touchdown team. he threw this year. A million dollars per touchdown. That's not worth it. I am I was talking to James about this before we came in here. I love Eli Manning. Uh, you guys are getting the wrong perception. As you that should. I hate him. As you yep. Yeah, well, you clearly do because you're but, coming all with this trivial information that makes zero sense. Eli Manning is getting paid twenty three million dollars a season. I do not want him on the team or starting if he's making twenty three million dollars. Because you want to talk about setting us back. That is setting us back. That's not setting us and back. And that's not his fault. That's Jerry Reese's fault. Because usually, as you get older, there your contract lessens. No quarterback. Now becomes the highest amount of money given you paid give in your me a, If you give me a quarterback that can replace him, okay, put him in there. But you're this, not giving but this the opportunity. Guy is not replaceable you're not right giving now. him the opportunity. To know. You're, you're automatically assuming. The Giants because have had the opportunity. I'm you're not automatically assuming. Ryan Nassib. I'm not automatically assuming number Davis one Webb? because I've done my research on both of these guys and they do not fit the Giants organization. Haskins is not the ideal type of quarterback that the Giants need. Kyler Murray, but when the Giants just draft, declared when the Giants draft Wayne Haskins, what are you going to say? The scouts are wrong and it's a bad pick. If that if that was the case, theoretically, let's say hypothetically, the Giants take Haskins with the number six overall pick because I don't think they like Kyler Murray, but I think they like Haskins because he's bigger. A typical Giants move would be to take Kyle Shermer in like the fourth or fifth round. Uh, exactly, a stupid move. If they take Haskins at number six. I don't think it would be a stupid move. If they took Haskins at six? If they took Kyle Shermer in the third or fourth round. That would be ridiculous. I don't even know if he's going to get drafted. But if they took Haskins at six, what are you going to say? The Giants scouts have no idea what they're talking about? The Giants get have him and made a bad move? Six. The top ten prospects if they draft Haskins players. at number six. Haskins right now is not even a top Haskins ten prospect. Six, if they draft Haskins at number six, what are you going to say? It's a bad move? I think it's a bad move because you have bigger needs on the team. If you had elite pass rushers, then draft Haskins. If we but had we'll talk more about that thrower? at a later time. Eli Manning is the Giants quarterback. We're going to step aside for a quick break. When we come back, we will wrap up some NFL stats and get to basketball. You're listening to Reviewing Preview here on The Wave, the sound of LIU. This is Reviewing Preview here on The Wave, the sound of LIU.
Welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I am your host, Tom Scavetta, joined alongside James Montefusco, Kyle Earhart, Mike Dawes, and the red-hot Kyle Russo. So, I'm hot. A fun fact for you. Concussions have gone down 25% since 2017. Just a fun fact. That's good. That's beautiful. Uh, That's a huge number. We know the reasoning why. Uh, you know, players. Touchbacks? The, yeah, well, not not just that. The, ki- the kick returns are few and far between, and defensive players are not allowed to do as much as they, as they were used to. The refs call True. every penalty. Yeah. yeah. Um, but on that note, and of course we have the NFL Combine starting, so, you know, some big scouts coming in. We'll talk more about that in later weeks. Let's get to the NBA. So, the New York Knicks, 16 straight franchise home losses. Not good, but recently, you know, when the Knicks are supposedly supposed to be losing, they're winning. Uh, They beat the Spurs on Sunday night, and then they beat the Magic. The Magic are a team that just beat the Warriors last night. So, you know, if you're doing the math right there, the Knicks, for some reason, these young guys are starting to play good together. The young guns, we, we like to call them. Um, re- real excited about the, the two-guard, the main Dotson. 27 points. He won't even be on the team next year. Yeah, you know? he will be. He he's, will be. Be, he's been good. Yeah, I don't think they're getting like, that many good players that to replace him. If yeah. But he's is, pretty good from three. Been watching a lot of Knicks. This is so utterly ridiculous. Uh, the Knicks, this is, like, are you joking? I mean, they almost beat Cleveland last night, which would have put them at the third worst team in the league, and that would have put them at the third. What about, all right, are you sitting down? What about eight seed? What do you mean eight seed? Let's go. Knicks, Knicks? Eight, eight seed. seed? Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's ruin the listen, franchise. At this point, why not, right? You, you already you obviously are showing that you, listen, I understand young players want to win. You get sick of losing. Everybody knows that. But as a fan, as even probably the GM of the Knicks or the coach of the Knicks, Dave Fisdale, you think he wants to see this? If the Knicks start to win, the lesser chance that David Fisdale comes back as the head coach, first off, the lesser chance that you get at getting a bona fide superstar showtime player, which you need, Definitely the less chance that. you get to attract big up, high up free agents in Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard, because I think we all can agree that Zion Williamson, not the best, not the best player, but the most showtime player. Like he will be a number one pick. He will be a number for one obvious pick. Reasons, but he's the most showtime player. Oh, yeah. that we've seen in generations in a long time. And also the Knicks. I Cavs disagree. Game, oh, I was gonna say the Knicks Cavs game was perfect, winning the whole game and then just lose late. They can't play fourth quarter. I yeah. do not think that Zion is locked. I'm not saying that he won't be. I'm saying he is not locked as the number one overall pick of the NBA draft. Well, I'm assuming this he comes back well from the knee injury. Obviously, if he doesn't do that, then... Guys, you got to remember, too, it depends on which team wins this lottery and gets the number one pick. If no, a, a team I don't is, think it does. It definitely doesn't. I think it does. I mean, if you pass up on Zion, you're... What if you need more shooting help? What, what if that's your number one priority? You're going to go ahead and take R.J. Barrett. What team would pass you up gotta on Zion? you got to go best available in the NBA. What team would pass up on Zion? D- disagree. Dis- do, you, do you think Cleveland would pass Look up on Zion? Look at the way Zion? the game's changing. Look at the way the game's changing. It doesn't favor guys like Zion anymore. He is, you know, he's a phenomenal athlete, and he deserves to go number one. But will he? Yes. You don't know that. Hey. You're, you're going to tell me right now you're 100% sure 
I'm a bet I'm Zion. I'm 1,000% you know sure. I'm 99.9% because I'll there's, go an a thousand. Or, there's an organization called the Phoenix Suns that tend to do stupid things all the time. And granted, the Knicks winning well, so far, they might have the number one overall pick and might do something dumb. That would be super funny if they because get the first they, pick. The rumor is they do need a point guard. And what's the point guard in this draft that has his name all over the place? It's R.J. Barrett. Not that ja. he's not uh, a good player. Marcus Howard. No, Marcus, no. Howard. Marcus Howard. Ja. We're talking about top three, not RJ top Barrett's 60. not the point guard on Duke. It's Trey Jones. But he plays point guard, shooting guard. He could play, th- he could play point guard, though. Shooting guard. He could play His point primary guard. Primary position is shooting guard. Whatever. Point is, Zion Williamson is the bona fide number one pick in this draft. Barring some catastrophic thing to happen to his knee if he were to come back. Okay. <laughs> um, Thanks, Kyle Russo. Anytime, Kyle the, Earhart. The player that I think is the future of the Knicks front court after what he's done as of late, Mitchell Robinson, has been fantastic. Double-double machine right now. Six blocks. Yeah, he's crazy. crazy. He has 15 blocks for three-pointers. He's raw. That's insane. He's raw, but he's cut. So, I mean, that, that's something to keep in mind. He's not uncut, but he's, he's cut. Uh, this is a guy that the Knicks should look forward to last season. Speaking of front court help, a guy who was signed to a 10-day contract, and Henry Ellenson uh, played 36 minutes last week in one of their games, and he had 13 points. And I believe he helped them out in the victory, I want to say it was against the Magic. Yeah, he did. Right? And he, he, had, a, he, he had a three-pointer that kind of kept the distance and you know helped the Knicks, and that's what they need, more, yeah. more shooting on that team. Because uh, I know Hazonia hasn't played much as of late, and they, it's kind of a shame because they brought him in for shooting, but he's kind of gotten uh, hidden there by other pieces to the puzzle right now. I mean, it seems like Knicks are finding up these like failed first round picks with Hazonia and now Ellenson, Amudie, like uh, I think Ellenson's out of Marquette too, the kid. So yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. And I think they signed him for the rest of the year, too. They yeah, they did. So, he is a lock for the rest of the year. Maybe maybe the Knicks can find a gem in, in the rough with Ellenson. I don't know. I see this as a Ron Baker effect. He stays yep. for two years and then gets cut, which mm-hmm. Baker's actually he's going on, undergoing surgery currently, uh, out four to six months. A, a guy what? that Knicks should never get rid of. What uh, is he getting surgery on? I don't know. It's, it's probably a broken heart. Didn't want to leave the Knicks. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Um, <laughs> a torn right labrum. Oh, wow. Reported by Adam Wojnarowski. Yeah, so um, uh, you know, a scat type of player, but he's always hurt. Last year he was hurt, too. He wore a mask for a while. So, um, But yeah, Henry Ellens has been great. He gets signed for the rest of the season. I mean, where do the Knicks go for here? I mean, is, is this a failed effort at tanking? Because in the NBA, you know, it's more common to tank in the NBA than any other sport, unfortunately. Um, but this is something you really got to consider here. What do the Knicks need heading into this draft? I think they need everything. They need They need Zion, they <laughs> they need Zion Williamson. I, I mean, they uh, at, the, at this point, they might need a new fan base because they're chasing their fans out of town with all these losses. I mean, this is not good. But you know what's keeping them around? Zion Williamson. That's what's keeping them around. Because I guarantee, we've talked about this many times before. First off, the NBA, Adam Silver, he's a smart man. He's one of the best GMs in all of sports. Mm. If the Knicks wind up, if the Knicks wind up, let's say third spot, right? Like we saw with uh, Patrick Ewing, with you know, their the lottery getting messed oh, up yeah. a little bit. I, I, I think there's no what chance Suns get in the first pick. What market does Zion Williamson make the most money in? New York, Phoenix, or Chicago, or Cleveland? 
The Garden, of course. Yeah. I think, of course. I think uh, the NBA is really rigged. There's no way the Suns get the pick, and it's either Knicks or Bulls. Exactly. Exactly. So, And we're, everything we're is lined Adam. up for them to draft this guy, and it will happen. The, the Knicks just have to make the selection. that can keep the Knicks, well, I agree, but disagree as well, because Zion has the injury bug now. Something you got to consider. That's an injury bug or just the one time? That's I a mean, one time. Yeah, injury bug is tough. We'll see if it's a one time thing or not. But, um, yeah, I mean, look, he, Spartanburg was very lucky to have this guy. Um, his high school. Oh. Uh, yeah. Um, just to clarify. Um, remember, this guy was a McDonald's All American, and he is doing the one and done, Mr. Basketball USA. He should go number one on paper. On paper. Uh, but, yeah, look, speaking of the Knicks, Kyler Hart actually wrote a fun fact on the script here. Uh, shout out to you. Uh, coming out of the break, Vegas had an over-under of the Knicks winning only three games. They've won two games this week. So it looks like Can Vegas. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Can they hit the over? Mike, were you part of that Vegas bet? No, I wasn't. I would never. Well, I do bet the Knicks, but never have I ever. <laughs> yeah, bet it on a Knicks game. Will they win another game? That's true. By probably. The way. They probably will win another game. They better probably. not beat the Kings next week. <laughs> better not. Well, if you're oh, looking, they're blowing out the Kings. No, oh, no. Well, they playing in Sacramento. They playing at the Garden. They play them twice in the next couple weeks. I'm pretty sure. Hands up. My problem is this. And I always have a problem with the Knicks. Always. <laughs> I mean, they do everything wrong. Uh, you look at this remaining schedule. Clippers. At the Clippers. At the Kings. Then they're at Phoenix. Then they're home against the Kings. They play the Kings twice within the next couple of weeks. Then they're at Minnesota. At the Pacers. At the Spurs. Home against the Lakers. At Toronto, home against Utah, home against Denver, home against the Clippers, home against Toronto, home against Miami, home against the Bulls, at Orlando, at Houston, home against Washington, at the Bulls, at Detroit. On on paper, realistically, you're talking another two to three wins. I was saying, I didn't see a win there. That first few games you were listing off, those first few games you were listing off can all potentially be wins for the Knicks. That's the scary part. The bottom half... Probably not, but you see the Kings, you see Phoenix, even the Clippers who are trying to tank. Those are potential wins right there that you do not want. Well, they the won't Knicks, be the Kings. The Knicks are not winning back-to-back games on the other side of the yeah, country definitely yeah, against two teams competing for playoff spots in the West. I don't know. I feel more likely, those. I know you love the Kings, but I don't sometimes think... they just don't show up and because Bagley's no. out too. When they're home, they show up. So the Knicks will never beat them there. Brooklyn, the other team in New York, the better New York team, the face of New York right now. The better team. Uh, yeah, they beat the Hornets and the Spurs, but they fall to the Wizards on Wednesday night in a game where only two players scored over eight points, which is unacceptable. D'Angelo Russell and Shabazz Napier had 22 off the bench. This is bad because Brooklyn is trying to fight for a playoff spot right now, guys, and this is something you really got to zero in on. Uh, the Nets, you don't want to start to see a downfall because sometimes a bad loss to a bad team can really start to fight with your demeanor a little bit. And right now, you have the Pistons at the 7, who are only a game and a half back. And Charlotte has actually fallen out right now. They're at the 9. So they're trying to claw their way back in. And 
They're on a three-game losing streak. I mean, they're a one-man team right now with Kemba Walker. Uh, they need some help. Yeah, I don't think this is a oh, – I'm sorry, James. You go. Uh, they, they definitely need to turn things around considering of their recent losses as of late. Um, they are losing at this point right now with yeah. three seconds left in quarter two to right. the Hornets. Um, so I think they, they definitely need to – kind of regroup to themselves and kind of get back to the way they were in the beginning of the season. Yeah. You know, to to make that playoff push. Mm-hmm. And to make things worse, guys, Brooklyn on a three-game losing streak is about to make it four. They're down by 18 points to the Hornets at home at halftime. Wow. This is bad. I wouldn't count them out because they are well, crazy second-half kids at, at home, but that looks like a loss. Theoretically speaking, yes. Uh, other games uh you have the raptors and the trailblazers tonight which should be very interesting uh raptors currently lead by three in the first quarter and boston trying to get back to their winning ways dropping four straight they've been the coldest team really since the all-star break they've been awful they lost to portland the other night in a game they actually almost came back from but they're up by 10 at the end of the first against the wizards a game against the wizards at home should be a win right on paper on paper that's a common trend here on Review and Preview because um, our scripts are also on paper. So, whoa. Um, look, the Celtics have lost to the Bucks, the Bulls, the Raptors, and the Blazers. You can make the argument right now that the Bucks, Raptors, and Blazers are all better than the Celtics, even the Blazers. The Blazers are on a five-game winning streak. Yes, they ride on the coattails of Lillard and McCollum. One of them has a bad night. They lose. We know. But... Five-game win streak? Just saying. They're an excellent home team. And Boston, this four-game losing streak scares me because Gordon Hayward is still not back to par yet. I don't think he ever will. I really, I really don't know. Stuff to come I, back from an injury like that. It seems like he's almost afraid to take these types of risks that you saw him taking when he was a member of the Jazz. You know, and, and I completely understand Maybe that. Maybe it's after. just the this-season type of thing. Well, you know, yeah, of course, because all the pressure is on – a lot of pressure is on him quietly, you know. He's back healthy. I mean, they were expected to go play the Warriors in the finals last season or compete against the Cavs last yeah. season. And then he got hurt, now he's back with what the rookies were able to show and the young guys like Jalen Brown and Mark Smart and Jason Tatum, what they were able to show last season to have that combined with Gordon Hayward healthy. Yeah. It's just been disappointing, but – He's averaging just 11 points a game, guys. Yeah. So – yeah, 10.9 points per game. That's something to uh, be concerned about. Another team struggling, Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, they're struggling to find their footing. Is LeBron part of the problem with the Lakers? Oh, 100%, Tom. Oh, my God. He's right. If, if, if you look recently on ESPN, there's five instances against the Grizzlies where LeBron just stopped playing defense. Considering he's your leader of the team... And in my opinion, the best player in the NBA, or will be, uh, it's just you, you, you can't have that from your star player to not play defense. Yeah. Like, that's just like insane. And especially LeBron James, out of all people. I think the Lakers made a huge mistake at the deadline, not targeting sharpshooters. And here's why. LeBron James has chemistry with two players on his team, in my opinion, just two players. That is Kyle Kuzma and Reggie Bullock. Kyle uh Kyle Kuzma is an okay shooter, but Reggie Bullock is an excellent three-point shooter, which is why the Lakers front office made a mistake 
they did not target guys like Wayne Ellington, Seth Curry, or even Marco Bellinelli, a guy that really could have came in, a veteran presence that can give them more shooting. That's part of what the Lakers are missing right now because they don't have any shooters on that team besides Reggie. Uh, this is a concerning type of thing, and LeBron, throughout the course of his career, a really strong relationship with shooters. Look at Mike Miller, James Jones. It's proven. Ray this, Allen. Ray Allen. Uh, that's something you really got to keep in mind. But, yeah, LeBron's going to start playing defense. Hey, you, you know, I understand. You're, you're 34 years old, but and we know everybody has their own biological clock. But this team is not even in the playoffs right now. And, Mike, you're loving this dysfunction in L.A. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know. This is it's funny because he's they're definitely not going to make the playoffs. I don't think at least unless LeBron goes crazy, which now I'm saying out loud he just might do that. But I don't know. I mean they're so terrible. Like they're so terrible. I mean it's getting to the point where I think we could all agree the Kings are the second best team in California behind the Warriors. I think they're better than the Clippers at this point. I think they're definitely better than the Clippers. Yeah, uh, after the trades. After, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah. for me, did you hang is, a banner? Second team in California, which is crazy to say, coming out of my mouth. But the biggest reason for this lack of success, as a reason for the Lakers, is the absence of Lonzo Ball. I mean, you you really see his absence regarding on defense and even the ability to spread the floor very well. Because LeBron, you see some games winds up playing point guard, trying to pass the ball around when, and you see Kyle Kuzma taking most of the shots of the night, but. Yeah, I, I saw something on Instagram today. Without Lonzo Ball, they're like 4-10. and 10. They've been awful. And when he's on the court, their defensive rating goes through the roof. His passing ability is incredible. It's a, that, that's the main reason. And on top of the fact that the GM of the Lakers, Magic Johnson, made no trades. But I agree with that statement. However, the Lakers made a mistake by taking Lonzo Ball where they could have taken Jason Tatum. I mean, who knew at the time? But, I mean, you see the difference right now at this point in their careers. Uh, other news, Dwayne Wade hits a crazy three-point shot to beat the Warriors on Wednesday night, and the Magic also beat the Warriors. So Warriors have lost two straight. Uh, and the Magic right now are the eighth seed in the East. That's crazy. That is crazy. Uh, Orlando, five games under five hundred, eighth seed in the East. But the Lakers are out of the playoffs right now, and so are the, uh, the Kings. Oh, crazy for now for now that's right mike um <laughs> portland second hottest team in the nba right now if you ask me the hottest team in the nba is the milwaukee bucks at 47 and 14 uh the addition of miritich has been fantastic and this just in today the san antonio spurs who bought out pal gasol the bucks signed gasol to add more depth to that front court and now you're having Gasol and Miritich both come off the bench for Brooke Lopez and, uh, oh boy, who's there for? Giannis? No. It's, yeah, you're right. It is It is Giannis because the backcourt is Bledsoe, Brogdon, and then Middleton. Giannis, a, a, a three, but he plays the four on Milwaukee. And also, Bledsoe just got a big contract extension today. Yep. Today, four years, seventy million dollars. The Bucks are making moves. They're making million dollar moves, and you have a good, productive bench. Um, yep. Speaking of which, I am wearing a Milwaukee Bucks jersey last night. Facebook Live viewers, if you can guess the player's jersey that I am wearing, comment in the Facebook feed. Um, we'll we'll see uh, 
if any of you comment and guess. But, um, yeah, number 24 on Milwaukee. Look that up. He's also a pretty good player off their bench. Um, <laughs> on that note, we're going to step aside for a quick break. When we come back, we're going to preview some of the big games coming up this week. You're listening to Review and Preview here on The Wave, the sound of LIU. This is Review and Preview here on The Wave, the sound of LIU. Spreading some positive vibes here on Review and Preview. Speaking of spreads, Mike, the Quinnipiac Bobcats just covered the spread. They did. For their game. They did. Who did they, who, who did. Who did they play tonight, actually? Um, an 8-20 and 20 St. Peter's. Ooh. Yeah, I don't know, but I'm a winner. Uh, <laughs> all right. I Congrats, guess. Dawes. You're the man. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, speaking of which... This is Review and Preview, folks. I am your host, Tom Scavetta. Joined alongside Kyle Earhart, James Montefusco, Kyle Russo. Love doing that. Mike Dawes. Um, you can listen to our show on liuwave.org. Call in with your questions, thoughts, comments. We'd love to answer them. 516-299-2030. Take part in our live show. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We are broadcasting on Facebook Live as well. Okay, so we just talked about big moves being made by the Spurs the Warriors, the Bucks, Celtics struggling, Blazers surging. Um, some big games tomorrow night, the Nets against the Heat, the Warriors against the Sixers. This should be very interesting because Golden State's on a two-game losing streak, and right now Philadelphia is kind of in an awkward spot in, in the East. Right now they're the five. Um Actually, the four. I'm sorry, because Boston has been struggling. But Philadelphia has the opportunity to jump to the three seed currently tomorrow night. They're a dark horse team nobody's talking about. They're a really good team, guys. Oh, Philly? Yeah, they're a really good team. I mean, you I look who they so. got. You don't, don't, you don't think so? I think when it comes to the playoffs, every team knows to just pressure Ben Simmons and make him shoot the ball, and that's how you win the game. But now look who they've added. They got Tobias Harris, you're right, who's and a phenomenal Butler. player. And well, Butler's, and Butler's a head case, and so is Embiid. And Embiid. But. Those are and stars Redick. that are here. What about Redick? And J.J. Redick. T.J. McConnell. Who's a phenomenal shooter. And the real MVP, Boban Marjanic. T.J. McConnell is the, is the most consistent bench player on the Sixers. Their bench right now is highlighted by McConnell, Marjanovic, Mike Scott, Jonathan Simmons. Is and, Wilson Chandler on that list still or no? Uh, no, he, he is gone. He and then, traded? of course, you have uh, Amir Johnson, who's a phenomenal defensive player. If you get into a, a potential 2-3 and three matchup against Toronto, Amir Johnson, a former Raptor, he might have some insight, just saying. In this game, I'm looking forward to the matchup, Marcus Cousins against Joel Embiid. I feel like one of them is going to get ejected. The it's Sixers, just going to be very fun. The Sixers and the Warriors actually played about a month ago, and the Sixers beat them. Well, that was without DeMarcus, too. You got to remember. A win is a win, no? Not with DeMarcus. The Warriors are going to win this game tomorrow night. Blazers play the Hornets. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. Kyle Russo getting the silent treatment there on that note. I just got looked at by everybody. I'm not looking up. Um, (laughs) Rockets and the Celtics on Sunday. Oh, I'm sorry. We forgot about the Jazz and the Bucks game Saturday night in Utah. That should be an interesting game. And then the Thunder at the Spurs tomorrow night as well. Spurs trying to 
stay alive and remain in the playoffs for now. Um, and then Sunday, as I was saying, Rockets, Celtics, Houston should beat them. Uh, the Blazers at the Hornets, the Knicks will be at the Clippers. And then, you know, the Thunder look really good right now, guys. They have a game against Memphis on Sunday. They really do look good. Um, Paul George, man, just having a career year. The only problem, on paper, they look good. I fooled you there because they've lost three games in a row. Yeah, I had them last night in a bet. They, they look good <laughs> on paper. Uh, yeah, this is rough because <sighs> Paul George needs to be the star of this team. I mean, Russell Westbrook's starting to realize, but is he starting to do it enough? And then the question becomes, the Thunder have no depth. I know some of you guys disagree, but I, I am truly convinced they don't have any depth, not off their bench. Their shooters are just not there. They don't have any shooters on this team besides Paul George. They got shooters. Okay. Dennis Schroeder. Ram Schroeder's Thornton, not really a shooter. Jimmy, they were just 16 points a game. What do you want off the bench? That's like That's probably some of the most points off the bench out of anybody in the entire league. And he comes off... And he plays like he's a starting point guard because he was a starting point guard on the Atlanta Hawks. One of the smartest moves that the GM for the Thunder has ever made, trading Carmelo Anthony for Dennis Schroeder. His his first priority is scoring, not shooters. I'm talking that's great that he scores off the bench. But you look at who else they have. Their starting two guard right now is Terrence Ferguson. Who? That's a problem. That's That's part of the reason why. Not having enough depth, they're on a three-game losing streak. Their bench is solid. You have guys like Raymond Felton, Jeremy Grant, Pat Patterson, Schroeder, Nerlens Noel. This is all great. Markeith Morris now. This is all great. However, I don't think it's there when you're talking about teams like Denver and Golden State. Um, as we have on the script here, Super Tuesday, also written by Kyle Earhart. The Rockets will play the Raptors. Celtics are playing the war. Man, the Celtics are just getting a beating, man. Uh, they have Houston and then Golden State. This, this is rough. This really is rough, guys. That's why it's Super Tuesday, Tom. we got two great games, though. Yeah, we do have two great games. Rockets, Raptors, Celtics, Warriors. And then, of course, we can't, we can't forget about Monday night. Nets host the Mavericks, and the Knicks play your Kings, Mike. That's going to be an ugly game. They play your ugly Kings. Game. Kings against the Knicks. Well, for the Knicks, the Kings score. The Kings are good. I don't like this. This they show up right some now. nights and some nights they just That's look just, like they're not there. So, so does sorry. every other. NBA and then Bagley's team. out too. So whatever. I mean, listen. At the end of the day, you have some good games on here. I think the games that really get highlighted are obviously the Celtics games because you've seen their troubles as of late, and to have matchups against teams like the Rockets, teams like the Warriors, it's some. In a matter of getting a staple win to really put your team back on track, this is not the two teams that you want to face up against, especially James Harden coming off a 58-point night against the Heat in a victory, 121-118. And to go against the Warriors, even though they've lost their last two games, you never want to have to go to face them. Yeah, true. Let's pick this next Kings game. Mike, I know you're going with the Kings, <laughs> so I'm just writing you down there. I'll Also, I will take them to cover. Any number. <laughs> any number. Well, that's anybody would like, bet that. Wait, we're talking about the Knicks-Kings game. Well, they can't cover zero. Yeah, well, 
Are we talking about the Knicks Kings game in New York or California? California, because that's the oh first. my gosh, I'll take Kings minus a hundred. <laughs> Maybe not 100, but... Kyle Russo, you uh, seem energetic to go next. <laughs> I'm very energetic. I am going to take the Sacramento Kings because the New York Knicks are just the epitome of... James. Upset. They're losing the Kings. they lose. picking the Kings. Picking the Knicks. Earhart. I'm going to pick the Kings as well. I was James got me a little excited, but not too excited to pick the Knicks there. Kings. That means James is going to win. All right, so <laughs> before we get to uh, the top of the hour, guys, one more thing before we get to our break and then the team of the week. Um, so the NBA is getting a lot younger, right? And teams are trying to focus on who really you want to start your franchise with. You know, there's a lot of big names out there. Of course, Donovan Mitchell drafted last year, Luka Doncic this year, a lot of big names, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Devin Booker. Everyone, get out a piece of pen and paper. So, I want you guys to pick two players to start your franchise with, because now you need at least two stars on a team to be relevant. We're going to go the top 11 players under the age of 25, and you're going to pick two players. I have the top 11 written on the script, so you can literally just circle them. Um, I will go first. Right now, if I had to pick two of these players, the first of all, the 11 players on the list, we have Giannis Antetokounmpo, Devin Booker, Luka Doncic, Joel Embiid, De'Aaron Fox, Nikola Jokic, Donovan Mitchell, Ben Simmons, Jason Tatum, Carl Anthony Towns, Kristaps Porzingis. I'm going with Giannis and Tatum. Why? Because they're great. They're freakishly athletic dudes. Giannis is the best paint player in the league. And Tatum is just good at everything. And he's tremendously young. And he really doesn't get hurt. You look at you look at the Celtics the, the last two years. Yeah, they're still looking for him to turn it on this season, but he has been the guy for them. He he really has been the guy, especially He's taken a big load off of Kyrie Irving, so I want him on my team, and I, of course I want Giannis. Th- those are my two. Mike? Um, just to be different, I won't take Giannis, even though I think it's a clear-cut number one. Um, I will go with the combination of De'Aaron Fox and Nikola Jokic. Was there a little bias in there? Uh, uh, yeah, sure, whatever. But doesn't matter. He is fast, he's good, and him and Jokic, that would be fun. Because one is big, one is little. Kyle E. <laughs> I am going to take Devin Booker. Because, uh, I mean, but without him getting injured, I mean, I think this guy is obviously one of the best, should, arguably one of the best players in the NBA. But that no one talks about. No, no one talks about him. And I will take Jokic also. I was hoping Dawes wouldn't steal that from me, but he did. So The Joker. Yes. Kyle Russo. I'm going to take a combination that already exists, and I'm going to take Chris Despoizingis and Luka Doncic. I think that's going to be a legendary, iconic duo for a long time to come. Also partly because Dallas took Jokic. James, you are next. I'm going to go with Giannis Antetokounmpo. Hey, listen. Listen, man, I tried to save you. Thank you. And then Devin Booker. 
Um, Kyle said it perfectly before. Nobody picked Donovan Mitchell or Joel Embiid. Kind of surprised. If, I, a, if, I a, if anybody picked Ben Simmons, that would have been a problem. <laughs> with with the other names on the on the list. Also, we don't really know what position Ben Simmons is. Well, maybe I want Kendall Jenner all my games. She bad luck. True. Ooh. She bad luck. Yeah, I don't want Ben Simmons. Um. I, you know, you bring this question up to me last year at this time. I would have taken Kristaps Porzingis, but the guy cannot stay healthy. Yeah. I was uh, even even before the ACL. Well, yeah, those were the top two rookies last year, and Fox really wasn't established yet, and neither was Jokic. But, man, good picks, guys. All right, so hour number one is done. We're going to step aside for a quick quick break to divide the two hours of our show. When we come back, we're going to have our team of the week, and stay tuned for our special weekly segment, or not weekly segment, but special edition segment tonight. We're going to go over our top ten current NBA shooting guards. You're listening to Review and Preview here on liuwave.org. Total Access is your show for all the hits. I still can't And don't forget to check out Total Access. Listen Tuesdays from 4 to 5 on The Wave. The new sound of Long Island University has arrived with a splash. The Wave brings you the hottest new music, exclusive coverage of LIU sports, and updates on everything happening at Long Island University. It's the station for the students, by the students. Tune in and catch The Wave. Visit liuwave.org or download the WCWP app for iOS and Android. Follow the wave on Twitter and Instagram at the sound of LIU. LIUWave.org is your source for Long Island University student radio. Listen live 24-7 online. Subscribe to podcasts. Check out our social media and get in touch with us. It's all online at LIUWave.org. This is the wave. The new sound of Long Island University. LIUWave.org. This is Review and Preview here on The Wave. The sound of LIU. Good evening. And welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I am your host, Tom Scavetta. Joined alongside Kyle Russo, James Montefusco, Kyle Earhart, Mike Dawes. You are listening to our show on liuwave.org. This is our third show on The Wave. We are thrilled to be a part of The Wave. And a quick reminder, you can call in 516-299-2030. Don't be shy. We don't bite. Uh, This is Review and Preview. Now, let's get to our Team of the Week. My favorite segment of the show. Uh, Just love going over Team of the Week, week in and week out. We've been doing this for a year now. And guys, last week, my Team of the Week, everybody laughed when I picked LSU to beat Tennessee. LSU beat Tennessee. And everyone else in the studio picked Tennessee. 
they did win on some shenanigans. Yeah, but I mean, it was still legit. Yeah, sure. Um, that was also my team of the week. Last week, this week, the Milwaukee Bucks are my team of the week. They're the best team in basketball. Uh, they really have a shot of beating the Warriors in, in the finals. I know that's a bold move for me to say that the Warriors are already going to be in the NBA finals. But I think if the Bucks get to the finals, they legitimately have the best shot of any team that's ever played the Warriors in the finals, better than any LeBron team because they are a complete team. There's a young version of Giannis, and they're surrounded by stars. There's even stars on the bench. You have a guy that averages 17 points per game on your bench in Nikola Miritich. Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Eric Bledsoe, and Malcolm Brogdon are your starting five. Let's run down the bench for this team. Pau Gasol, Ersan Ilyasova, Nikola Miritich. Let me repeat their three bench players in the front court. Pau Gasol, Nikola Miritich, who can be like a small forward, Ersan Ilyasova, not to mention you still have George Hill, Tony Snell, Pat Connaughton, Sterling Brown, Dante DiVincenzo, who will not play another game this season, C.J. Wood. I mean, this team is top, top to bottom. They're a deeper team than Golden State. If... If we're talking from a team standpoint, this is the best team in the NBA right now. I would agree. Because Golden State has no bench. Yeah, but their starting five will win them an NBA championship, which is pretty crazy. But, so, um, Mike, you're, I will you're go next. Team of the week. I will take the Cavaliers of Virginia. Yeah. Ooh. Everyone was stunned. Everyone was stunned. Wow. wow. No, but uh, they just keep winning. Ever since that Duke loss, they've won. Five in a row, and expect them to keep on rolling. Will Virginia win this year's ACC tournament and do it back to back? Ooh, I mean, you, you, do you like Kyle so. Guy that much? No. Oh yes. I mean, sure. he is a guy, all right. Yeah, P- pretty, pretty like so-so name with Kyle, but I don't know. I think they hey. will roll. Through. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't even realize. No, but I think they will uh, roll through the, the ACC tournament. Well, there's two of us here, James. Okay, um, I am going to go not with West Virginia, please. No, it's not going to be West Virginia. Don't worry. Um, I'm going to go with the Islanders, winning last night. Good pick. Kyle Russo. My team of the week, the Miami Heat. Dwayne Wade. Ew. Hey, ew. Hey. Sorry. Let me, let me have this. Sorry. Sorry. My name was disgraced. My pick was taken. I did not. I did not mean to do that. Miami Heat. Dwayne Wade, absolutely incredible. Uh, Kyle Earhart. <laughs> <laughs> go. Say your team. I'm gonna go with the Houston Cougars. Uh, yes. Good. They have won. Good. They win uh, by a thousand every game. And they, and they've won 12 in a row. I mean, arguably <laughs> the hottest team in college basketball. No one talks about. Also, being the Warriors is so last week. Everyone's doing it. So, um, you know. Big whoop at that. You beat the Warriors. So we will now transition from our team of the week to our special segment of the night. Top 10 NBA shooting guards. Last week we did our point guards. Everyone had good realistic picks. Um, They all made sense. Just to clarify, even though Oladipo is out for the season, you can 
still put him on your list. Who would like to go first? I would like to go first. Kyle Russo. Uh, kind of you first. are first. first. No, I'm going first. All right. James Harden, obvious number one. Number two, Clay Thompson. Number three, Victor Aldipo. Number four, Devin Booker. Number five, Bradley Beal. Number six, DeMar DeRozan. Number seven, Drew Holiday. Number eight, Donovan Mitchell. Number nine, Buddy Heald. Number ten, Josh Richardson. I like it. Thank you. I like it. I will go next. Number one, you know, the MVP, cool. James Harden. But two, I have Bradley Beal, too. I, I like that. I do I mean, like He that. is carrying this. I mean, they're not doing much, but he is carrying the team. 25, 5, and 5, you know, points, rebounds, assists. Then I went Clay, Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker. I went Oladipo next, then Drew Holiday, then Zach Levine, then C.J. McCollum, then Buddy Heald. Because he's okay. shooting 44% from three, averaging 20 points, and he's got a cool name. I like that list. I just wouldn't rate Zach Levine that high, but I like it. I like his dogs. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Can I Kyle go? Earhart, yes. you can go. <laughs> uh, one, obviously James Harden. Two, Clay Thompson. Three, I have DeMar DeRozan. Uh, four, Victor Oladipo. Five, Donovan Mitchell. Six, C.J. McCollum. Seven, Devin Booker. Eight, Drew Holiday. Nine, Bradley Beal. And ten, I'm going to go with all-time great Dwayne Wade. I should have done that. Damn. All right. Bad fan. I James, put Josh. Do you want to go? Sure. So, me and Kyle Earhart have almost a similar top five, but I run them down again. Uh, I got James Harden as number one, Clay Thompson, Clay Thompson as number two, DeRozan as three, Victor as four, five, Devin Booker, six, Zach Levine, seven, Buddy. Healed. Healed, yep, thank you. C- eight, CJ McCullen, nine, Bradley Beal, and ten, Donovan Mitchell. Excellent work, James. That was a very good list. Um, I liked how you put Levine in there because I think a couple of you guys did not include Zach Levine, a guy who's averaging 23 points a game for the Chicago Bulls. Uh, Six points more than Josh Richardson is averaging per game. Keep in mind. (laughs) No shots fired there for sure. (laughs) Zach Levine is also 23 years old. He's a phenomenal basketball player. He is. Uh, I will get to my list. Um, Number one, James Harden. Number two, Clay Thompson. Number three, Bradley Beal. Victor Oladipo would have been in my top three, but I decided to leave him off my list since he's hurt. Um, So he is not on my list. So Harden, Thompson, Beal are my top three. Number four, I have DeMar DeRozan. He's been doing great for the Spurs, and he's also getting a lot of rebounds and assists. Number five, I have Donovan Mitchell. Despite an early sophomore slump, he's kind of, emerged into the leader of this team again and he's been doing a fantastic job. Devin Booker is my number is my number six. The only reason why I have Booker this low is because he's missed some time this season. But w- if he played this entire season, he'd certainly be in my top five. Uh, number seven, Zach Levine. Number eight, CJ McCollum. Number nine, Buddy Heald. And number 10, JJ Redick. I have JJ Redick in my top 10. Why? He is the X factor in the Philadelphia 76ers. He averages 18 points a game. Also, I mean, he, he's averaging more points a game than some of you had on your top 10 list. Uh, Drew, Drew Holiday 
is my honorable mention. The reason why Holiday is not on my list is because I just it, 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 I couldn't leave J.J. Redick off. When you come playoff time, we're looking shooting guards. Remember, early on in Drew Holiday's career, yes, he's a shooting guard, but he was a point guard early on in his career. Redick this season is shooting 39% from three, 44% from the field. And like I said, the Sixers, I think, if we're looking the fourth best player on every team, the Sixers have the second best, fourth best player in the NBA, behind the Warriors, of course. But Redick is a phenomenal player in this league for a long time. A Duke Blue Devil. Uh, fun fact, he started his career coming off the bench for the Orlando Magic the year they lost to the L.A. Lakers in the NBA Final back in 2009. Ten, ten years ago. You want to talk about a ten-year transformation? Good stuff. Uh, sorry if you guys were surprised by that. Um, I liked everyone's picks. Uh, I, I, I found some of them quite interesting. James, I was very impressed with your list. Thank you. Um, Kyle Russo, I give you credit for putting Richardson on. Uh, he's kind of been the star of a Heat team this season that has struggled yep. and is looking for a bright future. Yeah. Um, Kyle Earhart, I do think your list was very solid as well, pretty much straightforward. And, Mike, Buddy Heald, man, he is emerging. Oh, yeah. I was, I was pretty surprised for everyone to have him on their list, basically. Excellent yeah. work. Thank you. Um, I take credit for Buddy Hill. I think he has an 83 overall rating in 2K now. Well deserved. All right. So we went over our top 10 shooting guards. At this time, we're actually going, before we go to a quick break, um, I wanted to ask you guys a, a question. In terms of shooters in the NBA, the game is changing, right? The game is changing. More guys are shooting. Do we again, this is just a this is an open-ended an open-ended question. Should the small forward position name become shooting forward? I'm not asking for the name to be changed, but somebody who's gone through basketball, I feel like more small forwards are shooting than actually playing the forward position. Does that make sense to you guys? It makes sense, but I, I don't think there would be the need to change the name. Right, but like unofficially, are, are small forwards more oh, yeah, they're, shooters they're than definitely, forwards? Now? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. They're playing more like guards, you know? I mean, that's just my opinion on it, but I wanted to see what you guys thought. I think every position is like you see these centers now. I mean, Brooke Lopez has a nasty three point shot. Yeah. When did that come out of? Like, that's crazy. And Bede's starting to shoot a lot of threes, too. Yeah, Carl Anthony Towns really good from three. So you're seeing all these positions now shooting. Yeah. It's called it's called the whole roster shooters. Well, you got to think, Dirk definitely played a big impact in that, uh, evolving the big man shooting game. And you see it in Porzingis as well. Uh, yeah, and uh, Bargnani. And Andrea Bargnani, yeah. On that note, a former Nick. Yeah, no, that was a joke because he's <laughs> terrible. Uh, <laughs> On that note, we're going to step aside for another quick break. When we come back, we will review the week that was in NCAA college basketball. It's March, guys. Stay tuned. You're listening to Review and Preview here on The Wave, the sound of LIU. This is Review and Preview here on The Wave, the sound of LIU. Welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I am your host, Tom Scavetta, joined alongside Mike Dawes, Kyle Earhart, 
James Montefusco, Kyle Russo. You really like that, don't you? <laughs> I haven't taken, I haven't switched your order the whole night. That's what you I'm saying. You guys have been right next to each other in the listing. Um, but yeah, I am glad that we're done talking about NBA now because we can focus more, as much as I love talking NBA, we can focus more on uh, one of the most exciting times of the year in sports, March Madness is rapidly approaching. Selection Sunday is just two to three weeks away now. Um, and realistically, you got to start thinking about teams that are in, teams are, that are out on the bubble. Uh, first, let's talk about a, uh, a big game that happened last Saturday that went to overtime. I worked this game up in Stanford uh, at NBC. Uh, LSU upsets Tennessee. Remember, LSU was my team of the week last week, and I picked them to win this game at home. 82 to 80 in overtime and realistically in this game what 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 I saw was the emergence of an excellent young player and smart um, and Skylar Mays as well is a phenomenal young talent young gun for LSU um, and Javante smart man I mean this guy is good I mean he he might come out this year uh, a sports administration major, so I mean, this guy has a good background, and he was a four-star recruit prior to LSU. This kid's just a freshman, and this is a guy that needs to be looked at as a potential first-round guy, because I mean, I think he's been phenomenal. He was part of the reason why LSU. There was a controversial call though oh, yeah. in this game, and but before we get to that controversial call, the funniest part about this game is watching Dick Vitale, who has called college basketball for so long, get mad at these officials because I'm just I'm, – I'm going to lay this out there. I played basketball in high school at the varsity level. We never blamed the refs. The refs always made bad calls, but when we lost, we never blamed the refs. But what I am seeing now is ten times worse from 10 years ago. Like, guys, this is bad. Every three seconds, they got to check who touched the ball last going out of bounds. I understand you want to get it right, but you're paid to do a job. This shouldn't be happening every three to five seconds to the point where play-by-play announcers are calling you out on national television for it. Yeah, I, I watched that This is a game. problem, as Kyle Russo would say. Yeah, um... Dick Vitale and Bob Wasujan were just irate. They were just like, they're going back to it again. Is this, like, is this serious? And college basketball officials are just horrendous. It's all around. I mean, I don't know if you guys noticed, but they're just, they're just not very good, and they get constantly destroyed on the Internet for it. They should, rightfully so. Yeah, definitely. So um, they did not have a great game in that LSU game. That was a, that was a funny showing for someone who hates officials. If Dickie V doesn't like it, you know, he, oh, he, he was up in arms. It was really funny. This is outrageous. Just let the kids play. Like, you know, I mean, and Fulkerson was pretty good for Tennessee. He, he he had some good minutes off the bench. He was doing a nice job in this game, but the Vols came up short. You know, this was a back-and-forth game. But LSU came on strong late. They hit free throws. They they did. Hit, it was such a fun game to watch, guys. This was, this was the funnest game of the weekend, I'll openly admit. I think uh, someone in that game also uh, also like said like in to, to to speed up instant replay that you give a thirty second like clock 
And if the referees can't decide uh, what the call is, they stay with the call on the floor, which would speed up the game. That's good. And uh, honestly, I, like I, I agree with that. If there's no definitive evidence right yeah. away in 30 seconds, just let's, let's play. Yeah. Because waiting two, three minutes for the call is just ridiculous. It's crazy. And what's crazy is that, you know, guys in this game like Jordan Bone got ill at halftime. He didn't start the second half. And then the big star on Tennessee is Grant Williams. He played all 40 minutes of this game. He struggled in the first half, but it really uh, solidifies a good college basketball player is a guy who can still have an excellent night even when his team, even when he's not shooting the ball well. I yeah, mean, you would never know. I mean, he hit free throws and he made layups in the second half. He yeah, he great. had a he had a huge N one at the end of that game. Yeah, I mean, he was really good. He was uh, very clutch. He's one of those elite post players. He is in um in college basketball right now. Elite. Javante Smart had twenty nine for the Tigers and Skylar Mays had twenty three. But I mean, we also got to give a shout out to Admiral Schofield in this game. This guy's a good shooter, man. Twenty seven points. Twenty seven. He couldn't miss. He could not miss, and he's a veteran. You know, he's 21, so um, he did you see what he quoted on taking that charge? Never again. I think that was the Ole Miss game. I don't remember exact, but it, it was a game this week that they played, and, oh, man, he took some charge. But uh, crazy, this game went to overtime. Tennessee now drops to number seven in the nation. Uh, other games, of course, Duke and the emotional win over the Syracuse Orange game with that the Nazis eye on R.J. Barrett filled in the void with 30 points, 5 boards, 7 assists. Uh, of course, Jim Beheim very emotional, you know, and I'm just going to be straight on honest, like, the incident, was it was clearly an accident, the weather was bad, it's Syracuse, it's late at night, I hope the uh, Jimenez family does not go after Beheim because, you know, he really didn't do anything purposely wrong. You know? I mean, I think this is something that may... No, I, he I will just, definitely get sued. I, that was can't e- I can't even believe that he coached Saturday. The emotions that were running in this guy's mind. Look, give him credit for taking Friday off. He kind of de- deserved that. I mean, he, he, remember, he was also in a car accident. You know what that does to you? When you're in a car accident, I mean, let's let's be real here. Like everybody's in at least one car accident. In yeah, I actually got into a car accident earlier in the week, and it's it, it's rough, man. Like I was scared to even drive like a couple days after that, man. Yeah, that's not good. Um, I got into a bad car accident last year. I remember that. That was awful. Um, yeah, you know, people lose lives in car accidents, and mm-hmm. th- 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 this is crazy, but. Uh, you know, whether what happens in the long run with Bayheim, we wish Jim Bayheim the, the, the best, and the Syracuse Orange, and of course the Jimenez family as well. Uh, and the, the, the NCAA tournament rapidly occurring, the Orange are definitely a team that's on the bubble. I don't see them as locks to be in. I don't see them as locks to be out. I think it comes down to what they do in the ACC tournament. And guys, Bayhide made the right choice by coaching Saturday because not just for the tournament, but his kids need him. These kids need He's one of the best coaches of all time. And they're going up against a Virginia team on Monday night at home, the second-ranked team in, in the nation. And it's starting to get to the point where this is almost a must-win for the Orange to get some momentum heading into the tournament because it's your last home game of the season. It's senior night. And then your other two of your last three games are against Wake Forest and Clemson on the road, which, granted, those should both be wins. 
But if you can win out by beating Virginia oh, yeah. at home on, you know what that does to your chances to making the tournament? Winning your last three and then a good showing in the ACC tournament, it's big. And they have one of the best wins of any team at Duke, the 17-point uh, dogs, and they won outright. So if they could add to that good like good wins section yeah. of the resume, and they, they might just get in. Just need uh, Tyus Battle to yeah. put in some more points, man. As a team, it also helps them gain that momentum heading into everything. Yeah. You yeah. know, you, 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 right. you have to think about it that way, you know. You have one, you know, you win the two out, perfect. But if you win all three, man, oh, they could be a, a team to... To be reckoned with. Yeah. Yeah, yeah without so, a doubt. Kansas loses to Texas Tech, the best defensive team in college basketball, held the Jayhawks to just 62 points on Saturday. Tech wins the game 91-62. They're a great team as well. The Red Raiders look like a really good dark horse team come playoff time. They might. Honestly, guys... Jonathan Culver is fantastic, and, and he's underrated. Kyle Earhart, I, I know you're a big college basketball guy. If the Red Raiders keep winning, watch out because they might sneak sneak in at the back end of that two line. Uh, I mean, they are dangerous. They, they could, but I'm probably gonna get a three. The, they'll a be a they'll be a tough three to get out, man. Yeah. And any team that's hard to play, that's very good defensively, is always a tough outcome tournament time. Always. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, other news. Uh, Kansas finds a way to come back Monday night and beat Kansas State 64-49 to in interstate rival. Now, I want to ask you guys an honest question about Kansas. With Vic out, with all the stuff that's going on, what is the status of Kansas in the Big 12 tournament? With them, it's either win it or bust. That's how I feel. And realistically, what seed will they get as of right now? To about in the NCAA tournament? Yeah. I, I think they're a five at best right I, now. I, I think five's even pushing it. I could see like a six, seven, maybe, maybe they, eight. If they're maybe? a five, the classic five twelve upset. I mean, they are not a team that's suited for the tournament since Azubuki got hurt. I agree. I mean, I, I, I see one of the. I don't see the Big Twelve going to Kansas this year in the tournament. I could see a uh, a defensive team like we said, Texas Tech, maybe like I don't know, Kansas State, like a very good defensive team that would might win the like get hot and win the Big Twelve. Well, I don't know. Kansas is currently ranked. 15th in the nation. Their final final three games at Oklahoma State, at Oklahoma, and they're home for senior night against Baylor. Those are three wins. See, you say three wins, but the way Kansas is playing, I I, I mean, they can't question marks. Oklahoma is a good team. Uh, I mean, they're all right. They were good to start the year. Brady Manick, Larry Bird Jr. Yeah, I mean... (laughs) Maybe. Um, other stuff. I, you know, I've got to bring this up. Michigan State over Michigan. Me and James both picked the Spartans to win, and you guys, you know, I, I'll admit it. I was pushing for Michigan to be the number one team in the nation earlier this season, but the Spartans are a good team come March, and they showcased it on Sunday. Yeah, Michigan. Don't doubt Izzo. <laughs> Lesson learned. I mean, Michigan started really hot, but they just – after, after what happened to them when they were the second seed a couple years back in the tournament, I just I can't roll with them anymore. I can't. They're absolutely embarrassing. So you're going to roll with Virginia, who lost to UMBC? No, I'm rolling with Duke. I was never rolling with Duke. What Virginia. about Duke that lost to, I forget who it was, Belmont a few years ago, the 2-15? They also lost to Lehigh one Lehigh, year. Lehigh, when, when they had Jabari Parker. 
which that loss, teams. and I'm, I'm going to make a bold statement here, that loss to Lehigh in the round of 64 in the NCAA tournament, that transitioned to Jabari Parker's confidence into the NBA. Not good. And Michigan State has another big game against Michigan coming up. This time, um, Michigan State will be home at, in Ann Arbor uh, on senior night. That'll be a Saturday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. Uh, so that pretty much sums it up for the Big Ten. Duke, give them credit. Uh, they they lost to Virginia Tech, yeah, but they've never won at the Cassell Coliseum. They they, they they've never won there. It's kind of like when the Patriots play the Dolphins in Miami. You know, it's just one of those things where they just can't win there. But give Duke some credit because they have new guys emerging. This young guy, a sophomore, and Alex O'Connell off the bench has been fantastic. I think he scored uh, like almost 20 points in this game. He was good in the Syracuse game too because when one guy starts playing bad, it opens up a window for another guy. Jack White has not been playing good, and he's been getting less minutes. You know that for sure, Kylie. Jack White has not been playing good. But now, no, I know, I know, he's been awful. He's been all yeah, ever since that Syracuse game. He's been absolutely awful. His but confidence is shot. Alex O'Connell has been on the rise. Safe to say, he's been an excellent shooter. Excellent work by O'Connell. Um, now we move on. Houston, Kyle Earhart's team of the week. They are now number eight in the nation. Twelve-game winning streak for them. It's one of the longest winning streaks in college basketball. Unranked Villanova. Bounces back to beat number 10 Marquette, 67-71. Jermaine Samuels uh, scoops in 29 points. Philip Booth with 17. And then Marcus Howard uh, for the Golden Eagles had 25. He's one of the best point guards in college basketball. He might be the best point guard in college basketball. Tom, Tom, Marcus uh, Howard. There's one thing i got to say about Villanova. If Booth does not have a good shooting night, this team is so lost. Oh, they They, lose by 40. They they have to have guys step up like Jermaine Samuels or Cremo to step up. But if Booth's having a bad shooting night, this team is just absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible. It's very true. That's why this is a hard team to pick come tournament, though. Well, that's why I think it's safe to say, like, I, I think Marquette is the favorite going into this yeah. Big East tournament. I mean, yeah, you could say that, but then, like, Marquette, too, two of their losses this year have been against a, an average St. John's team. And both games, St. John's have played them. Yeah, and the Big East, everyone beats up on each other, so maybe, like, like a couple years ago, Seton Hall got hot, something like that. Crazy uh, usually happens, but I don't think it's going to be Nova. And you're right. It's not I, a hot look, take. And my 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 point there is that it's tough to play in Villanova, a team that was on a three game losing streak. You know, losing to St. John's, Georgetown, and Xavier, and then coming back to beat Marquette, and they close out the season uh, tomorrow, Senior Day against Butler, and then they're at Seton Hall. So that should be two wins for them heading into the Big East tournament. I you know I kind of blame this on Pascal. Uh, Eric Pascal, because I mean, he has not been playing well. And, you know, this should have been DiVincenzo's year to lead this team. But now Jay Wright is relying on sophomore guard Colin Jolipsy to play the point guard position and lead the charge. And this guy is a year and a half removed from high school. So in, in my book, that's not the best. Uh, final news to review the previous week in college basketball. Some news surrounding the show here on the LIU Post campus where we broadcast review and preview. LIU Post redshirt senior guard Neil Feminella has declared 
for the 2019 NBA draft. That's exciting, man. That's just absolutely That's exciting. Cool. Now, we don't know if he's going to get drafted, but this is big news. It's been buzzing on his social media. Um, and, of course, um, former Monsignor McClancy Crusader, Alonzo Ortiz trailer, 27.8 points per game this season for the Post Pioneers. That's the most points per game in a season in program history. Uh, unfortunately, Alonzo will be forced to transfer due to the merger. Uh, so we'll see if he lands somewhere within um, the conference. Which, I mean, I think he probably will. Because, I mean, Coach Smiles for LIU, his alma mater is the University of Bridgeport mm-hmm. in a conference. So we'll see. Alonzo's probably going to another D2 school. He's been great. Uh, but, yeah, it's not often you see D2 guys declare for the NBA draft like that. I mean, it's pretty crazy. But, um, hey, anything's possible. So we're going to step aside for our final break of the evening. When we come back, we're going to preview some of the big games coming up tomorrow and this week in college basketball and then talk a little bit about last night's showdown between JT and the red-hot, scorching New York Islanders. You're listening to Raving Preview here on The Wave, the sound of LIU. This is Review and Preview here on The Wave, the sound of LIU. Good evening and welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I am your host, Tom Scavetta, joined alongside Kyle Earhart, Mike Dawes, Kyle Russo, James Montefusco. We are here. We are alive and well. Uh, remember, you can still call in for the next 10 to 15 minutes on our call-in number, 516-299-2030. Kyle Russo, you know you can take part in our live show, um, as you have called in in the past. So let's uh, let's preview some of the big games coming up this weekend. Well, first off, tomorrow, the big game, SEC matchup. Number four, Kentucky takes on the number seven, Tennessee Vols. Uh, Tennessee, rough loss last Saturday to LSU. They're looking to come back and win this game. Um, Let's pick this game because I think this is the game of the weekend, realistically. Um, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to say UK pulls it out because I think Tennessee has been a beneficiary of their schedule as of right now where these younger teams in their conference are starting to outshine them. I mean, the big three in that conference, of course, Tennessee, LSU, Kentucky. But I think LSU and Kentucky are the top dogs in the SEC. <laughs> top dogs. So I am going UK. Mike. I will take the Volunteers. Are you going to roll with them again? Okay. Yes. I am ride or die on one team all year, usually. Russo. Kentucky. We go with Cali. All right. James. UK. Kyle. I'm going with the home team, bouncing back, and Tennessee Volunteers. Oh, yeah. All right. Number one, Gonzaga, against a tough, unranked opponent in St. Mary's. Gonzaga is number one in the nation right now, which, I mean, they beat Duke earlier this season. They have a couple of really good wins on their resume. No, no, this is St. Mary's team that always gives Gonzaga trouble. Last year, at St. Mary's, they beat Gonzaga. So, I mean... 
This is the St. Mary's team that always gives this team trouble every year. Who knows, Tom? Maybe see an upset tomorrow? What do you think? We'll see. I mean, the Gals. I mean, 0% chance Gonzaga loses this game. How about that? Well, well I, Gonzaga's trying to close out a perfect WCC season. So, um, What a surprise. Did did we know Gonzaga beat St. Mary's earlier this year by 48? There you go. There you go. That's all be, you need to know. I will be picking Gonzaga. I mean, it's a no-brainer. Game. The spread should be like 22. I mean, this is yeah. a no-brainer. Gonzaga. They might, I might pick them for the tournament in the coming weeks. I love them. St. Mary's currently 20-10 and 10 on the year, 11-4 and 4 in the conference. They're currently listed in the first four out in the latest bracketology sourced by ESPN's Joe Lenardi. Uh, the Gals can clinch second place outright with a win tomorrow, so we'll see. Uh, tough place to play. Other big games coming up. Michigan travels to number 17, Maryland. Big Big Ten matchup. And uh, I want to spend a hot second on Jake Lehman. Jake Lehman, a former Terrapin in Maryland, and now he's turning into a great role player in the NBA for the Portland Trailblazers. He's averaging 25 minutes a game right now. So he has been great to watch. The Trailblazers currently trailing the Raptors 76-69, but he's really the last notable player that's come out of Maryland. I know Kevin Hooter uh, is currently uh, playing for the Atlanta Hawks. Yes. I think he started yes. some games for them recently. And other than them, I think, I mean, it was just Duke transfer Rashid Suleiman who finished out his career in Maryland. But, um, yeah, that's <laughs> Maryland in the NBA. There's a few of them. So a little update for you there. Michigan trying to bounce back from that loss to Michigan State. And, oh, ACC matchup. Florida State host Virginia Tech coming off a tough, tough loss to the Tar Heels last weekend. This was a game Florida State was in it for the first half, and then UNC just pulled away. Luke May really shined in this game. He was great. Uh, Johnson, Bryce Johnson, I mean, the Tar Heels have a really solid team, and a lot of people were questioning them. Oh, they're they're overrated. I don't think so. I really don't think so. I mean, when Roy Williams is your head coach, you can never count them out. I mean, they're ranked number five right now. There's a reason why. Um, yeah, they definitely bounced back well from the tough, you know, first few weeks yeah. when they were struggling with Texas and all that stuff. Well, yeah, they're on a four-game winning streak now, and you know they've beaten two ranked teams and Duke and FSU, and then they beat Syracuse. They have a win over Virginia Tech. They did lose to Kentucky earlier this season. But um, they've been pretty consistent as of late. Remember, they also lost to Texas earlier on yeah. in the season. So, but now, as of late, they've been playing much better. And um, if we're looking at the ACC right now, Virginia and UNC are both thirteen and two in the conference, and then Duke twelve and three, and then Virginia Tech right behind them at eleven and five. So, it's interesting to see which ACC team will get the four seed because it's kind of wide open. You can't even count Syracuse out of the four seed in the ACC yet because Virginia Tech, Florida State, and the Orange are all fighting for that double bye in the ACC tournament. Which is huge. If they in a tournament, I don't care if Virginia wins a tournament, if they give Virginia a higher seed than Duke after Duke's beaten them by uh, twice, I, I, will, I will go ballistic. 
I, I will go ballistic. Dark horse team in the ACC tournament, Louisville. Notre Dame? Oh, I thought I were going to say Notre Dame. They're on a three-game losing streak right now, but but Louisville currently 9-7 and seven in the conference. They have shooters. They should have beaten UNC a couple of weeks ago. Should have beat Duke, too. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they worry me outside of Louisville, but, you know, like I said, if they get hot, of course they can go on a run. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And Florida State's nearly unbeatable at home. So I'll just keep that in mind as well. Iowa trails to number 19, Wisconsin. Both of those teams ranked. Who's on the bubble, guys, right now? Who do we think is on the bubble that you really got to keep a close eye on? I think the number one team for me, of course, is St. John's. I think they have to have a good performance in these last couple of games that they play. And the Big East tournament is not that far away. I think they have to get to the semifinals at at worst to get in. I really do because they're coming off a loss to Xavier. They've lost two out of their last three after beating Villanova. They lost to Providence by 19. And guys, they lost to Providence and Xavier by double digits with a win against Seton Hall, sandwiched in between. But they're not looking good right now. I think it's. I think Florida State is going to be on the bubble. Uh, they got some tough competition coming up. They have to play NC State, who's 20-8 on the season. And then they have to go up against Virginia Tech, who just came off a win against Duke. And then they finished off the season at Wake Forest. So right yeah. now they're at the 18th seed in the top 25 right now. They could potentially fall out of the top 25. My biggest bubble team, I got Seton Hall, man. Seton Hall's got three big games coming up at at Georgetown, home against Marquette, home against Villanova. Sixteen and eleven. If sixteen or eleven, if you win one of those two games, maybe you win both, you're in. So No, you have to win the Marquette game. I don't know. You have to win the Marquette game at home and you have to win Villanova. And they have have to to. win a big East tournament game, at least. if if you beat Marquette and Villanova at home, that's true. I'm assuming they're not. I think you get in. I mean you know how you obviously want to win the big East game, make sure obviously, but they do I don't want to say have Jay Wright's number, but they've beaten them quite a few times in the yeah. past few years, yeah. Yeah. especially at home. So, also you got to consider, um, you got to consider teams like Texas and Oklahoma when you're talking about the bubble, because Texas has a win against Kansas, but at this point, almost every relevant team in the conference has beaten Kansas. So it's true, and then. Oklahoma, I don't know what's happened to them as of late. Got to keep an eye on them. Uh, the Northeast Conference Tournament starts this week, uh, March 5th or 6th. I think it's March 6th is the date it officially starts. LIU Brooklyn, the defending champs. But you also have other good teams in the Northeast Conference right now. Um, you know, We'll see. Because realistically, you're talking about the team from New York that represents New York in the tournament. It's Syracuse. Guys, I think Syracuse has elite eight potential in them if they get on a run. That's that's tough. But what about the Hofstra pride? You, can, yeah. can, can you? I, I mean, the Iona. If 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 Hofstra can win their tournament, what what seed do they get? The MAC is good, which they will. They will probably win their tournament. It's it, it's tough going all the way down in Virginia to, well, they have to or go, South Carolina. No, yeah, to, they have to go to Charleston. Yeah. And that'll be it's tough. tough to to, it's tough to go to a different team school and they try to win up, four games. They did officially lock up the number one seed. Yes, they they, they, they won the conference. Yeah, they beat Drexel the other night, eighty to seventy-seven. <laughs> You're shaking your head. They only won by three. Listen, man. Seven. 
Oh, oh, you bet on that game too? Of course, of course I bet of on the course. game. Why am I even asking? I think their biggest challenges are William and Mary. Yes. And Northeastern. Yep. Northeastern's a really good team. They made the tournament before. They almost beat Notre Dame a few years ago in the first round. But um And I think Northeastern Northeastern beat them to knock them off their winning streak, right? Am I right? Who? Uh Hofstra's win a big winning streak. I think Northeastern beat them to to knock them out to end their winning streak. No, I don't believe it was Northeastern. I do not believe it was Northeastern. Double check on that. Could be Northeastern. No. Wow. Yeah, Weast, SpongeBob. It's a classic. <laughs> no, Hofstra did beat Northeastern. Okay. 75-72 back on January 5th. But did they play again? I believe they did, but I don't believe that's what ended their streak. Yes, I don't believe that's what ended their streak. Uh, fun fact, Northeastern beat Hofstra on February 2nd. That is a fun fact. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's fun for us, not, not Kyle Russo, but um, I had to go there. But other news in college basketball, um, realistically, it's Duke, it's Virginia. It was Northeastern. Really what's going to transpire It was in, yeah. in, in the ACC. The ACC is the best conference in college right now. It's just stacked top to bottom, man. It really is. I think it's great, and I think it's going to be tough to beat. I think the SEC has some good competition this year. Three teams yeah. within the top ten right now, and also the Big East with Marquette. They're a fantastic Marquette. team. Uh, the Big Ten has Michigan and Michigan State, I guess, and then you have Gonzaga, an outsider. Looking in, yeah. Don't forget about Houston, man. Don't don't forget about my Houston yeah, Cougars. Nobody talks about the Cougars. No right one now. does. Number six team in the country. Nobody's really used to seeing them making a big staple in the tournament. So crazy. And guys, this just then. Before we get on to our miscellaneous segment, you want to talk about struggles? The Boston Celtics lead the Wizards by one at the end of the third quarter. By one. Oh, wow, they came back. They were down by 18 at the and half. The Nets are down to the Hornets, 122-109, with under a minute to go in this game. Kemba Walker has 25 points. Crazy. So, yeah, that stinks. Because Brooklyn tonight, Russell's doing well. Damari has 20 off the bench. Dinwiddie is back, which is good. But, again, I don't like Travion Graham in the starting lineup. I really don't. And Levert has not been the same player yet since coming back. You know, we want to see more consistency out of him. Uh, Yeah. We'll we'll see what happens. Um, So, the big news uh, last night was the Islanders-Maple Leafs game, the hockey game that took place um, at the Coliseum. Tavares gets booed. Um... You guys are Islanders fans here in the studio. Uh, apparently, there was snakes thrown at him. Were these, like, real live snakes? If, if you got a real snakes? live snake into the Coliseum, that would have been impressive. I mean, yeah, Detroit never know. the octopuses. Yes. Re- wait, real live octopuses? No, yeah, well, well the dead, dead, dead octopuses. Okay. Yeah, no, that, that was one. I mean, that stadium was rocked I mean, all night. Detroit. What do you expect? Of course. Um, my cousin was actually at the game. And he said the atmosphere was just insane. I mean, I know both Kyles watched it. Um, that you you heard that crowd all three periods, not stopping, not slowing down. The tribute 
was nice of what I saw on a replay. Um, all the Islanders players, you know, uh, congratulated him, mm-hmm. um, gave utmost, res- uh, utmost respect to him, as they should, as any player should. Um, it, it was a great game to watch. I mean, all around team, very fundamentals. Everybody was working as one unit. Um, I mean, the, I, I honestly, I wish I was at that game just to just to be part of that atmosphere and take it all in. Kyle Earhart, final score six to one in this game. Yep, this was not even a game. This was an onslaught. And you know, Tom, like after the game, I had a little fun on Twitter with some Leafs fans. Oh, I saw. And there's Leafs fans saying, oh, the Islanders, you know, they got lucky. Uh, They're playing an AHL-type defense. They're playing a backup goalie. Guys, it's 6-1. to Their starting goalie, he wasn't going to save all all, every shot. Like, come on now. You can't can't just blame the backup backup goalie. You play who's out there, man. No excuses is what it is. Uh, Islanders clearly a better team. They're better than Toronto. Tavares made the wrong move. We're all going to be questioned about that. He sh- if he stays with the Islanders right now, I guess you could say the Islanders would be up there with the Lightning and the best team in the uh, in the East. I wouldn't go that far. No, they would definitely 100% go that far. Maybe not better than the yeah, Lightning. the Lightning are really oh, good. Oh, the Lightning are really good. The reason why they won 11 in a row, right? So well, they lost their last They lost? Year. Okay. I, I think cannot. They lost I, to Boston. I'm an Islanders fan. I cannot hate John Tavares. I, I just can't. Oh. What he did for the franchise, on top of the fact that, listen, after all the years of poor coaching and garbage management. And terrible owners. And terrible owners. Why would he want to commit himself basically for the rest of his career not knowing what the future of the team would be? Would you know? Did you know Barry Trotz would have this type of impact? No. Did you know that Lou Lem- uh, Lamarillo would have this type? No, you didn't. Kyle, yeah, there's yes, no yes. way. Lamarillo yes. is no way. If, if, if you look at the East, I, I knew the Islanders would get it. I had an idea they'd get into the playoffs. I said at the beginning of the year they would Sneak in the A seed. Did I think they'd be this good? No, but look at Barry Trotz. Look what he's done for or other organizations with the Capitals. Yeah, but you can't account for the produ- production of Robin Lehner. You can't account. Yeah, for can. the produ- No, you can't. Robin Lehner's always had a, a, he, a very he low. Wasn't this good. He he, he was, was falling out of the league. He was because on the of Buffalo problem because he was on the Buffalo Sabers. I'm sorry. Who wants to go to Buffalo and go play hockey in the, and when it's winter? Well, I mean, it's seven months out of the year. I mean, of course you'd be depressed. The argument I'll there be is their too. defense stunk. Buffalo. I mean, they well, were terrible. It was awful. Right now. The Maple Leafs one point ahead of the Islanders in the standings. 82 points for the Maple Leafs, 81 for the Islanders. So they're fighting for the three seed in the uh, the Eastern Conference right now. Uh, but the playoffs actually, they work differently. It's by division and then the two wild cards. So I think the, the Islanders are one in the Metropolitan. Yes. And then the Leafs are three in the Atlantic. Yes. Yes. Yeah, they are three. They're behind Boston. I right. Think. So the island, the Islanders, they would get seniority. They're tied. They, they they're, would get the two. I think they're tied much. for first right now with the Capitals because the Capitals beat the Islanders. Yeah. Tonight. So right now, the Lightning seem to be untouchable, ahead of everybody pretty much by yeah. twenty points, yeah. except for Boston. So Boston's a good team too. They've been. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't mm-hmm. actually consider them deadline winners. I think they could have made a stronger move, but. Um, to help them, but they're nine zero and one in their last ten. So I mean, they're, they're, there's no, there's no room for improvement on that. Yeah, but they, I think they just they placed the player on protocol the other night, um, the concussion protocol. So thanks, Carly. So they they have their hands full. Uh, they'll be hosting the Devils tomorrow, which the Devils 
That should have, be easy. They, 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 you basically call them the Binghamton Devils. No. Well, they have a lot of players up from Binghamton. Well, because everyone's hurt. Right. Yeah, everyone's hurt. You well, get, and, you and, get and the they point, just, though. They just traded everybody. Well, Taylor Hall just got shut down for the yeah, rest of the season. So that's tough. I mean, yeah. he is out of here so fast when his contract's up. Corey Schneider can't get a win The for team his life. you really got to look out for, though, I think. Flyers. No. Ooh. Carter Hart? Yeah, but they're on the rise. They just traded their best player at the Tom, deadline. I, I have a so? graph in front of me that uh, has a percentage right now of every team that could make the NHL playoffs. They have the Flyers 13% of making the NHL playoffs. But they're playing a lot better than they were. Oh, of course. But, I mean, there's teams. I really like Carter Hart, though. He is good. There's a lot of I think he's good. There's a lot of teams in front of him that have to. Well, Carolina's been playing a lot better. Carolina's really good too. Yeah. They're scary good. Columbus, so, I mean, we'll see what happens there. The Rangers had a good outing against the Lightning the other night. This was a fun game to watch. It went to overtime, uh, but the Lightning, a lot of former Rangers on that team, just uh, too good. They are. They really are an excellent team. They always put out excellent work. Every game that they play, yeah. the final score of this game was four to three, but the Rangers scored three goals in the second period, which really got them out to this game, got them back into this game. Zabinijad, Vesi, Nieves was good, and then Georgiev, he could be the potential replacement for Henrik Lundqvist for the long term if he keeps his play up because he's not a bad goalie. No, I mean, no I think, he's not bad. And I think Dan Quinn is a winner. Like he, he's a head coach. He that, knows he's, he's pretty decent. He wants to rebuild fast. He, yeah, he, 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 he has the team fighting, which is good. And yeah. and, and the, the Rangers, the move, the moves that Rangers made are uh, over the trade deadline was amazing, in my opinion. Well, yeah. the Zuccarello trade benefited because he got hurt in the well, first yeah, game against Dallas. Yeah. And and oh. I, I saw uh, they can get a first round pick if Dallas wins uh, goes wins two series and Zuccarello plays fifty percent of the games. Let's so they start. would get another first-round pick for that. Let's go over the former Rangers on the Lightning here for a minute. Why don't we? Oh, oh my this God. is, this so is great. This is funny. <laughs> JT Miller. Ryan Callahan. Oh. As I regain my uh, <laughs> composure here. Dan Girardi. Anton Strollman. Ryan McDonough. Am I missing anybody? Five, maybe six. You got Callahan? I got Callahan. Callahan, Miller, McDonough, Strollman, You got Girardi. Dan Girardi. And it's funny because everyone on that team, they lost to the Kings when the uh, Rangers went to the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah, most, and of, and most of everyone Kings, on that team. The Kings are the worst team in the league this year. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. like right at the bottom. Yeah. yeah. 54 uh, points, I believe. Yeah. Hopefully the Devils are the worst team to get that first pick. Oh, they had a pick. They had the second overall pick, right, two years ago? Yeah. Or was it a year ago? No, they had the first overall pick a couple years ago and took Nico Heischer. Clayson isn't bad on defense for the Rangers, number 33. I think he's a decent player. Yeah, they and got, then Stall. They, they have some guys. They have some Shat young Kirk. guys. They just yeah. it, what killed them is that they traded. I don't know why, but when they traded McDonough, they included JT Miller in it also, yeah. and they kind of got. I don't uh, didn't get the same value back. You know, you, they got Nemestikov, but he has been awful since putting on a Rangers uniform. He was the highlight of that package, besides the younger prospects. You know, Brett Howden and and a couple other guys, but Nemestikov has been. Awful. Listen, I'll be rooting for the Rangers on Sunday when they take on the Capitals, man. This is the time of year where, like, for an Islanders fan, it, 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 I'm shocked I'm saying this. I'm rooting for the Rangers to beat the Capitals. Also, what I'm are you guys' thoughts on the uh, Hendrick thing? Do you think they should have traded him a few years ago? Henrik? Not traded him? Hendrick. 
there is no way that they should have given him the money that they gave him after they went to the Stanley Cup. There is no way. Yeah, because I, at that I, point in his career, what? how old was he? He was about 33 years old. They should not have given him the money that he had I, I think the first yeah. opportunity they had to trade him, they should have because, I mean, sadly, it's one of the best. Well, this is the that, thing with his – this is the thing. He has a no trade clause, so he gets to basically gotcha. pick wherever he wants to be. Yeah, that's a tough Pretty one. Pretty much. This is one of the best goalies to ever live. I mean, he's not. Oh, more of course, Rador, he's the, he's the king. He's got the best. He's got the best story. He's got the best story without a doubt. But Hen- Henrik Lundqvist has been a staple in this league for a very long time. But the emergence of Georgiev is something you really can't keep in mind. Lundqvist now at thirty-seven years old, and you know he's getting up there in age, and you're starting to think. It's very sad because you, you see the position that he plays. He he'll never won win a cup. A, he'll he never win a cup with the Rangers. And he'll never win a cup in general because think about it. How many playoff contending teams are there that don't have a starting goalie, you know? Yeah. So, if anything, he'll be a backup and won't be playing if he does get traded to any it's, team. It's, it's unfortunate. And it's also hard to trade him because of his contract because no team wants to play, yeah, that, yeah. Uh, play that ridiculous No way. one's going to pick that up. But... Imagine having, like, a top ten goalie of all time at the least and having zero cups. I can't. As it, happens a with, it happens in basketball. It happens in football. Well, not you know? with Martin Rudor. Three. Yeah. It's just like... You know, you could easily name a player in basketball that'll never get a ring. Chris Paul. Russell Westbrook. Chris Paul. Are you on? What? I don't think he'll ever get a ring. If Chris Paul plays in Game 7 last year, the Rockets are in the finals. I agree with that. You just said if, but we can't go back in time, right? Well, look, I think Chris Paul is more likely than Russell Westbrook. Uh, I can see Chris Paul going to, like, a... A ready-made team in a few years. So Warriors, just you know, one year, ten million, just <laughs> yeah, like boogie. Just hop on the Warriors. And then, <laughs> and then it, in football, it's clearly Philip Rivers never going to get a Super Bowl ring. Yeah. Yep. Unfortunately, yeah, this was his year. He's, he, he's a good guy. Never get a ring. Yeah. Rivers now thirty-seven. Chris Paul's still only thirty-three, and he's been around forever. Yeah, but he gets hurt all the time. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I think the Rockets they have a shot in the West. They have a shot. They're really the only team that I think has a legitimate chance of beating the Warriors. I think OKC. I, I Honestly, OKC. the Nuggets, since IT got back, are tough. They will put up that a is fight true. at home. And if they bring, if Michael Porter Jr. does play this season, oh. he, they will be very tough. Yeah. I don't think they're going to bring him back, but so like, since Isaiah Thomas Denver just ten, lost to Utah last night. They did night get home. Out Utah. Uh, their Utah's pretty scorer, good. Yeah, I mean, Utah is a very good basketball team. Jamal Murray and Will Barton are great. Millsap, Jokic, and Beasley. But we're out of time here in the studio. Any, any final thoughts? No? Um, Kings. They'll probably win. I don't know, know what game. But. Guys, stay tuned next week. It'll be my 50th show as the host of Review and Preview. Nice. On behalf of Mike Dawes, Kyle Earhart, James Montefusco, Kyle Russo, I'm Tom Scavetta, wishing you a good evening. You've been listening to Review and Preview here on The Wave, the sound of LIU.